I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. My name is Twister Miller, the saucy sleuth. I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. I'm Tyler Riley, cop and a half. Just got a quick put on my specs here. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a 30-day free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash ADCPod and browse the unmatched selections of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash ADCPod. All right. Uh, we, um, you know what they do have, you know what they do have, they have the, um, complete works of, uh, of Sherlock Holmes, narrated by S- uh, Stephen Fry, and that's an Audible exclusive, so you can check that out, which is, you know, apropos to the, to the, the, oh, uh, what we're doing here today, um, yeah, so, uh, today we're talking about, as you can read, uh, Enola Holmes, which backwards is alone, which is something they harp on. Um, it's a movie <laughs> that's on Netflix, stars uh, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, Henry Cavill, and the guy from Me Before You, whose name I don't know. Sam Clayfin. Thank you. And he is also the guy who played Finnick in the Hunger Games movie series, which is how I knew him. Uh, and he, I didn't recognize him without, with his mustache because it is quite a mustache. Goodness. Yeah. Big mustache energy. I like him better without the mustache. Surprising absolutely (laughs) no one who's ever heard me speak before. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. Um. So we were, uh, this was brought to our attention, Enola Holmes was brought to our attention by one of my friends who decided to tag our podcast in a post on Facebook, well, me, and address our podcast, saying, I bet Melissa and the Amateur Detective Club are going to cover Enola Holmes. And so I went to Tyler and Tristan and said, uh. I have some money to make. My friend said she'll give me a cut of this bet that she made. <laughs> So I, I got to get the, I got, what's the over under on us doing this? Um, <laughs> well, no, it makes sense. It's a new thing. It's, uh, I mean, obviously it's not in theaters because it is a pandemic and it's a straight to Netflix release. Yeah. Although I hear some movie theaters are reopening. Yes. So the film starts out with Enola Holmes, a.k.a. Millie Bobby Brown, a.k.a. Youngblood aka the sleuth on a bike talking to the camera fun fact this thing was directed by the guy that did fleabag so he uh if they're like okay you need to break the fourth wall he he's your guy that makes sense he also directed the uh, first presidential debate because um, <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, <laughs> of joe biden looking directly balefully into the camera Anyway, she's like, hey, I'm a young scrappy woman. I'm, I'm Sherlock Holmes's and Mycroft Holmes's uh, sister. Our, our, our mother, is, uh, she's, she homeschooled me, but not traditionally. I know how to fight. I know history. I know all these other kinds of things that a young lady of the time doesn't know. She, my mother, has gone missing, and my brothers have called for me. They've sent for me, so I'm biking 
to find to meet them at the train station. That was a very efficient exposition summary. Thank you. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah, Uh, yeah, there's a lot of addressing the camera. Millie Bobby Brown is extremely charming, um, and it's... Very fun to watch. I think, I don't know. I like the visuals of it. There's lots of, it's very opulent. Yeah. We got lots of, um, you know, paintings and swords and old English things all very up my alley. (laughs) (laughs) I know England's known for two things, three things, paintings, swords, colonization. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was very picturesque. It was like a mm. less obnoxious uh, Wes Anderson. Mm. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Less blatant. Yes. Right. Um, Tristan, but, you're someone who likes Wes Anderson, right? Yeah. It, generally speaking, some of his movies I don't, but generally speaking, I think he is good. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm a big fan. Generally, as well. Some, um, some more than others, like Grand Budapest and uh, Moonrise Kingdom. See, Moonrise is not one that I, resonated with me. Whereas, Fascinating. Uh, Zizou, nope. I've <laughs> seen 10 times. Love that film. I have to try it again, but it did not speak to me. But this was many well, years ago, so. You don't have to do anything if you I, don't like a movie. You know fine. what, though? I like Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. And Tyler, I'm, I'm guessing from your... Uh, your assessment of his aesthetic that maybe you're not a fan, but I could be wrong. Uh, what I've seen has been fine. He just tends to cast to a certain palette, much like his films. Yes. Hmm. Uh, someone Fair. once described his films as white exploitation films, and I agree. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, they're meant for white people, and that's it. And. There's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but it ain't great. Right, yeah. Every once in a while, you'll get Danny Glover. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, which makes sense based on me being white. But yep. that makes sense. Okay. On the day of her 16th birthday, Anola wakes up and finds that her mother has disappeared. She goes about searching the house, but it's not until she receives a parcel from... A servant of the house uh, gives a birthday gift... Uh, to Enola from her mother, uh, which has a bunch of pencils, paper, uh, paint, and all these different little compartments, like this little art kit, along with um, a decoder and these cards with flowers on them. It's really Mm -hmm. cool looking. Uh, Yes. And I mean, why? So here's my problem. If you're going to disappear... You got to do it on the 16th birthday? Like you couldn't have waited a day? No, it's purposeful. It's it. She's becoming a woman. It's like a bat mitzvah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's a bat I didn't realize. of missing identity. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize the sweet 16 gift was abandonment. Yeah, it's the quinceanera of disappointment. <laughs> it's cheap. It is <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right emotionally, Melissa, 100%. But, like, I think it's purposeful and it is messed up. Her, you're right. You're 100% on, it's like, it's really freaking mean. Yep. 
Uh, so Enola goes on a train and she is looking for her brothers, Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. So Henry Cavill plays Sherlock Holmes in this. And Henry Cavill is a person who has played Superman. Now, we do not pretend to be Sherlock Holmes experts. Well, at least I certainly do not. And I think it has become kind of a hallmark of our podcast that we don't do Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> we only do mm-hmm. Holmes-adjacent uh, <laughs> movies we'll do and stuff. the entire series of House before we even touch the BBC series. We gotta, yeah, stay true to our, true to our school. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but Henry Cavill is, like, so handsome in a way that feels wrong for Sherlock Holmes. Huh. Yeah. Okay. You're not wrong. Like. I disagree. Okay. I mean, I think that Sherlock Holmes is attractive in many of his iterations, but I mean, with the cleft in the Superman, he looks like Superman. Henry Cavill looks like Superman. It's very hard for him not to look like Superman. Even with the curly hair, which I enjoyed very much. Superman also has curly hair. Go ahead. I guess it just kind of depends on how you've come to know Henry Cavill. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. That might be it. When were you first introduced to this man? Uh, All my children. Okay. I love you so much, Tyler. <laughs> because every time I ask you anything, your point of reference is just so very different than mine. And I really appreciate that about you. <laughs> oh wait, no, it wasn't all my children. It was it was another A- another soap? It was. I'll, I'll see what soap he was on. Remember now. Yeah, I'm on his IMDb okay, page. Melissa will take care of it, and I'll okay. talk about how That's right. I was introduced to him. He's the Witcher, also. He yes. also is in the Tudors. Oh yeah. And you see, I believe whole hog. Oh. And it certainly his butt. If you want to go see Henry Cavill's butt. Why didn't I finish that series? Because it's not very good. Oh, but um, it's so up my alley. It's, yeah, I know it is, Melissa. Oh, I know it's right up <laughs> your <laughs> Oh, dear. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that he's... I'll say this. Henry Cavill is good as Sherlock in this movie. Yeah, he is. He would not be a serviceable Sherlock Holmes in a Sherlock Holmes films, in my opinion. Why he is that? is far too warm. Hmm. He's got good boy energy. And Sherlock, traditionally at least, is a huge dingus. Mm. And not nice. And he's very nice in this movie. It's very good. It's very sweet. The performance is good. And I love that we get to hear his actual voice. He's got a beautiful voice, and he's constantly doing that terrible American accent. And, yeah, that is how I feel. I feel similarly with, what's his name again? Sam Clayton. 
He's very good, but I feel He's like very good. Uh, he could be Mycroft, but it would just be completely different if it was a Sherlock Holmes film. I don't know. Like, mm. I think they're very well cast for this in, script. For this script, for this production. Also, Sam Clayfin is that his last name? Yes. Oh Ax- wait, Clayflin. Why? Why? Okay. Why with the vowel of the consonants? Clayflin. Prob- probably he's Welsh. Um. Uh. He he acts circles around these two. He's so good. He is just phenomenal in this role, in my opinion. Also, while we're talking about acting, yeah, I remembered how good of an actor Helena Bonham, Bonham Carter is. Yeah, yeah, she's really good. She just got really wedged into a certain kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Because her, her husband makes a certain, much like Wes Anderson kind of film. Very yeah. stylized, yes. I mean, she's good in those two, but yeah, this really gave her a chance to do something a little bit different and show off, you know, a, a different aspect of what she can do. It was nice. I think we also should touch on, while we're talking about performances, while we're in this performance space. Yes, let's live in here for a minute. Yeah, what did we think about Millie Bobby Brown? I think she was adorable and perfectly lovely and some of the lines she was given were challenging but i thought she was she was a delight i concur yeah i think so too she's good at crying she's really good at fake crying one of the best in certainly the best in her age range um she was i think some of the lines she had a hard time with also because i heard she is british but she was raised in florida and since like age six her parents are british and then she's been acting almost exclusively using an American accent. So in an interview, she was like, yeah, it was really difficult to do a British accent in this film because of those reasons. And that's, I'm like, that's fascinating. That, that is fascinating, sense. yeah. Yeah, and it slips in and out. And I was like a little confused by it because I'm like, once again, similar to Henry Cavill, I was like, it's nice hearing her actual voice, but like, it's very interesting. Also, the, the young man who is in this film, and we'll get to him in a minute plot-wise, he's He's quite good. He's very serviceable. He's yeah. very... He, again, I, I, the word for this one is charming, I think. Yeah. I would say present. He, <laughs> he is certainly... He is like, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 He's got to be, what, like 16? Like, I really give it to any 16-year-old actor. God, that's got to be terrible. Um, but yeah, I bet he's, he's 25. Let me look him up. Okay. While you do that, I'll move the plot forward. Um, so she gets to the station. Mycroft and Sherlock don't recognize her at all. And it's, you know, played for laughs, but also really sucks emotionally for her. They go back to the estate. Um, Mycroft and Sherlock are uh, looking around, trying, you know, snooping around. They have a discussion while they play billiards that uh, Enola overhears. And it's decided that Mycroft will be in charge of Enola until their mother is found, if and when. Um, and Enola doesn't like that because Mycroft's a mean old so-and-so. And he so she just... Dis- he wants her to be a proper lady and send her off to a boarding school. Yeah, And yeah. he calls up Fiona Shaw to bring her... He does not call up Fiona Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, Miss Harrington's Finishing School. Played by Fiona Shaw. For gifted children. (laughs) Yes. 
Fiona Elvis Shaw, Harrison's, who is Matt Harrington's Harris Harrison's. Yes, Fiona Shaw, another fantastic actor. She's it felt, so good, and she's so thirsty in this movie, and I love she, it. She, yeah, she is mad horny. Um, From Mycroft, what mm-hmm. makes sense? They finally this cast Mycroft. <laughs> uh, Mycroft Tomb Raider. That's nothing. So, but it makes sense because they finally cast Mycroft as like a handsome person. I mean, I mean this with all respect to previous iterations, but you know. He, as a as a deeply handsome man, so it makes sense. Also, it did feel like they wanted Dame Maggie Smith from Harry Potter, and they're like, okay, who can we get that just has the exact same vibe as McGonagall? Fiona Shaw from Harry Potter. <laughs> Is she in that? She is Petunia Dursley. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. How nice. She's also played Medea. She's good She's, at being... Oh bad and I like it she's such a fantastic stage actress oh as my well. god oh her yes her Medea was really wonderful I didn't realize Tyler Perry was making plays but that's I'm how he started I know Tyler but please for the love of god just <laughs> let me have a joke sorry <laughs> okay so the guy who plays uh, Tewksbury his name is Louis Partridge or Louis Partridge I don't know and he is 17 years old. You're pretty close, Tristan. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah, know I how old boys are anymore because well, I was watching. <laughs> I was. I'm watching Gilmore Quinn Girls. Marissa, you really should. I know. Oh God, it's a good thing I'm in a relationship. Um, how old is Mildred Robert Brown? <laughs> she is 16. Okay. Okay. But I was yeah, watching. She's, uh, that was another thing. I was like, I know Millie is like 16, so they couldn't have cast like a 20 something. Like, legally. No, That'd true. be a nightmare. But. That'd be a nightmare. I mean. Well, everything's filmed for... in Georgia these days, anyway. <laughs> hey. I mean, yeah. But, uh. I'm watching Gilmore Girls for the first time, and I. And of course, they have young Milo Ventimiglia. And he turns up and I'm like, how old is he in this? How concerned should I be about how cute I find him? And I looked it up and he was 25. I'm like, okay, that is fine. I'm very glad he was 25, but he was playing a 16-year-old or 17-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very it's, common. So I, it's terrifying, those thoughts. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you don't want to get canceled. No. Um, That's but, why I shoot for my Angela Lansbury. You know, no one's gonna have a problem there. <laughs> it's true. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. That makes sense. But um, <laughs> where are we in? Me. Where are we in the movie? Are we in the first twenty uh, yeah, minutes? Yeah. yeah, we're in the first twenty minutes. Let me let me help you out here. Okay, so. She overhears this conversation. She doesn't want to do it. She runs away. She goes on a train the next day. On the train, she meets a Marquis that's 17 year olds apparently. And then there's a man chasing after him. And then they dive off the train, Anastasia style, end up in the woods. They have a campfire. They eat mushrooms because he knows about plants for some damn reason. And then they go off to London and part ways. Okay. So to back up for a sec, fill in a little couple gaps. Uh, I think I got it. You, <laughs> you did very did, well. But, but our listener yes. that passed by their ears so fast uh, that they... <laughs> and I would like to embellish a little bit. So, uh, yes, we have 
Uh, Tewksbury, the Marquise, his name is Tewksbury, uh, who is running away from home, is on the, like uh, Enola is. So Enola meets Tewksbury and she very grudgingly helps him out because she understands that men are trouble and will only make her uh, slow down and get in her way. So she kind of grudgingly helps him, but I think she finds him charming. So uh, she doesn't want him to get caught. And they jump from the train after this man in a brown bowler hat who seems like he's going to kill him. And yes, he has yeah. learned all about botany. He dangles him out the... Yeah. He dangles him out of the, the window so he gets squished by the train. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, and they get off the train okay while jumping from it. It's very exciting. Uh, and yeah, he uh, endears himself to her by getting her some edible mushrooms and cooking them up. And uh, yeah, as Tristan said, they part ways when they get to London. If um, I may please do. take yeah. us back. Oh my gosh. Yes. This, well, it's important. We yes. don't, we need to let the audience know like how slick Enola is. She's able to throw both of her brothers off scent during her escape because she finds a message from her mother in the gift that she got from her mother that Enola then thinks her mother is wanting her to find her. Like this is part of just Word. a giant game that her mother mm. is playing with her. So from there, she finds, uh, you know, the message go... Like, I left something in my chrysanthemums. She goes to her mother's uh, room, goes through, like, her flower pots, can't find anything. And her mother has painted chrysanthemums. She rips open the back of the painting, finds an envelope of cash, uh, and a message that essentially says, the future is up to you. You are so correct for having us go back. That is deeply important. Yes, and I apologize it's... for my mo- motor mouthedness. <laughs> all it's good. all right, and some. It's, it was a fun I think it's little really... walk back. Like you got all of it in one chunk, and it's like, oh, but what about these? And we gave it to him. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you um, made the outline, if you will, and we just, uh, mm. especially Tyler, added the color. <laughs> it's uh... because I'm black. Yeah, what the, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I would... <laughs> Do you know that came into my mind as soon as I said it? I was like, damn it, what yeah, did I say? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's you I know meant that especially it, right? Yes. I meant especially Tyler because he did better at it than I did. That's all. Uh... <laughs> okay, so also uh Schnozberry gets his hairs cut. Um, so he's now disguised because he and I was pissed. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. we haven't had long hair, twink representation in a hot minute, sans Timothy Chalamet. And I was here for it. And then they made him cut his hair. And I was like, darn it. Just watch like a Riverdale or like a show about the beach or something. <laughs> You'll be all right. Watch your, your CW type shows. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm just maybe it's just like I'm not doing it. Maybe and he that's went something. from like you know mid two thousands like heartthrob to like today's you know K pop. 
Yes, that's fair. That's fair. So they get to jolly old London, and she goes and she uh, disguises herself as a proper lady. She goes to her dress shop, has a corset. And then she gets lodgings from the woman what owns the shop. She goes Who into hiding. Phenomenal. Oh, she was yeah. so good. Very fun oh. character. So angry. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> uh, she buys a lot of ads in newspapers. She, ah, yes. Because her mom loves ciphers. She loves pulling out Not those. Not the rap battles. <laughs> right. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, no, like Zodiac style ciphers. <laughs> Uh, only, only cute instead of terrifying. Um, and you don't think Zodiac's cute? The, the I think Zod- it's a killer. Aye. <laughs> there Some we are. Old thriller. And uh, yes, so it, there's lots of Scrabble tile uh, dropping on the table and rearranging tiles going on. As a dyslexic person. Oh boy. <laughs> oh. This was mad easy to find out. (laughs) (laughs) I am either very good or very bad at anagrams, depending how you look at it. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. See, um, she did. There's this really fun sequence where she takes out a bunch of ads. And then I want to also talk briefly about the style of this. Um, There's also some really beautiful, and we're going to get more of these sequences, um, animated bits, which I enjoyed thoroughly. And I thought that was really unique. And I enjoyed them very much. And there's a few in this situation. She uh, goes and visits a, a, a tea shop next, right? After putting these ads out in the papers, right? Yes. Uh, we learn that she has memorized the one address that her mother regularly corresponds with. That address happens to be in London. So she goes to the tea shop. She addresses, I guess, one of the hostesses or whoever works at this tea shop, um, trying to find out more information about, like, what is this place? And you hear, like, these loud thuds from up above. Ah, yes. She asks the woman again. She's like, oh, just a bunch of noisy women. Cut to Enola has made her way to this upstairs room where... um, it seems like women are learning fight combat. Yeah, jujitsu. Um, yes, jujitsu, yeah. as they reveal later. Uh, and she introduces herself to, she tells uh, this woman named Edith. Edith. Uh, played by Susan Wokoma. Um, I hope I'm saying oh, that she's right. She's fantastic. Who is so she's good. So good. Mm-hmm. I have not. I don't know if she's I've... in this show called Crazy Heads, also on Netflix. Oh, uh, Enola is learning to or meets with Edith in the back room. She relays to Enola that her mother doesn't want to be found. Like she probably has a good reason to have disappeared. Try to move on with your life. There's nothing more for you. <laughs> Which is. Uh, Cold to do to a 16-year-old. Hey. You know? It truly be that way sometimes. Yeah. In these streets. No. <laughs> um, and then, for some reason, they do a fight sequence, and she has a, a problem with a, a, a jujitsu move that she could never learn because Edith used The corkscrew. Used to, yeah, the corkscrew. Edith used to train her. Um, and so she's like, you always had trouble with that. And she's like, yep, womp womp. And then 
Yeah, when she was a little, little kid. Yeah. I guess. Itty bitty little kid. Um... So then she goes and she does some snooping and she gets to a warehouse. Is that where we go next? Well, she um, thinks back to uh, and thinks back to another cipher or something uh, because oh, she remembers when she's on the ground fighting with Edith. She flashes back to a meeting that her mother kicked her out of when she was. I guess a few months ago or something. It seemed somewhat recent. Anyways, e- she remembers that Edith was there at the house at that meeting. And her mother kept saying, The bankman met. And other things. Yes. <laughs> and she unscrambles. Basically, Nobody wanted yeah. to help me. But, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember. There Once seems again, to dyslexic, be... so it just sounded normal words to me. It sounded like another cipher that she was yes. she was talking about, and uh, she, uh, Enola is kind of working out. You know, she's having memories. She's remembering these purple ribbons that they all wore. Yes. And so. Then she was it Limehouse Street, potentially, yeah, something yeah. like that. But uh, it it brings her to an address, and so she goes there and she finds, uh, kind of women's suffrage stuff, like paraphernalia about women having the vote, and then also bombs. Yeah, lots of bombs. So many bombs. Yes. So just a real quick note, uh, there has been made mention a couple of times in the plot of this that there is a vote on um, women's suffrage, like the women's right to vote in England. Yes. And everyone's really worked up about it. Oh, yeah. Because there are people who are for women voting and there are people who really don't like women's opinions. So. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so she's at this warehouse with all these uh, explosives and fireworks, and then she leaves, and the the same bowler-hatted men, he comes by, and he grabs her and waterboards her, trying to get her to tell him about the Marquis, as they call him. Yes, young Tewksbury. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, I don't know nothing about about him. And he's like, well, you've seen my face. And she gives a pretty solid slam. She's like, well, you know, your face is very forgettable. Don't worry yeah. about it. Which yeah, that's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Very fun. And then she pretends to drown. And then there's a long extended fight scene where she tries to do the corkscrew again and fails. And then they end up in the warehouse somehow. And she lights a lot of the, but somehow not all of the explosives on fire. Oh, but first he stabs her and her corset. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, of course, uh, she says at one point is... Whalebone. Mm-hmm. And it is a uh, it is oppression from women who are forced to wear them, but because she is choosing to wear it, it is, you know, freedom for her, uh, which is really fascinating take on it. I really liked that. Uh, but yes, uh, so he stabs her in the stomach and their corset gets the brunt of the blade and she is all right. It was quite a moment. They really played that moment out. They really milked it. And there's the moment where you're like, wait a second. 
did they just kill the main character halfway through? That would be a very interesting way to go. That'd be dope. And then the rest of it's just Sherlock going, well, my do- my, my sister yeah. has died, and I have to solve that murder now. Yeah, right? I don't know. I have to say, I was kind of waterboard of this exchange. Oh. oh. I have to agree. It did okay. not inf- inflame my imagination. That's nothing. Um, didn't spark my imagination. God! <laughs> Don't you hate Literally it when, right yeah, <laughs> when when the when you just miss the joke by a mile? <laughs> <laughs> what a oh, dunk! Oh, hey, I need to just reach back real quick and get the knife out of there. Too My... bad you weren't wearing a corset. Yeah, no kidding, not today. <laughs> okay, of course, set I wasn't. So, um, oh, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So thank you. And then so, yes, she explodes she some explodes. of the some of the fireworks. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Melissa. No, it's fine. It's fun because she's running out of the uh, the building, and you know it all explodes behind her. Uh, but he gets out too. No one dies. <laughs> she yeah, said, just, "Disappointed." Like, just the way that went down. It, <laughs> well, this was just like she exploded. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Huh? End of movie. Yeah, that was end yeah. of movie. End of- <laughs> da, 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 da. That's the thing about that is what the Poirot theme just starts playing at the end for no reason. She dies and then Hercule Poirot shows up to solve the mystery. Oh, if only. Oh, uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, so she runs away and then. She's like, okay, do we ever be- get a crossover between Sherlock Holmes and Hercule Poirot? Yes. Really? Where? where? Yes, please. Yes, please. Japan anime. Of course. Has, I believe a Sherlock Holmes v Poirot v Miss Marple series, or at least they have a Poirot and Miss Marple series. I might miss be misremembering the Sherlock. Also, Murder by Death doesn't have them by name, but by parody. Yeah. Okay. Because Peter Falk is in that, which I find just so delightful. I look forward. Yeah. Anyway. I don't uh, Falk him for that performance. (laughs) So uh, then she's like, what's all this Marquis stuff about, I suppose? Marquis? Um, Yeah. Marquis. Don't don't we get this tired story about a lamb? Yeah, what? yeah, we. Get, <laughs> you're absolutely right. We get this tired story about a lamb. Tyler, you brought it up. You can recount it. So for, and I thought it was a mistake at first. <laughs> we <laughs> we just see like this shot of like these cliffs, like seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah, and then it flashes right back to the present, and then goes again. And then she starts talking about it, and I was like, oh, all right, that was weird. But here we are. Mm-hmm. And she recounts a story about how when she was younger, she almost died because she went. Uh, she almost fell off the cliff trying to save like this lamb that had just strayed off way too far. And we're cutting out how her mother got so upset with her. Ah, yes. This and one. says that it's, you know, it's good and right to, you know, to care for things that are dear to you. But not at your own expense or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And that's where she kind of finds herself 
having to make that choice yeah, yeah of whether to take her mother's advice or not yeah, I think basically her mom is trying to make a point about, like, put on your own uh, mask before you try to put on anyone else's mask for them kind of deal. That's really good, yeah. Thanks. I've never heard that expression before in my life. I've heard take your a plank out of your own eye before taking out your brother's, which is from the Bible. Have you been on an oh, airplane? Oh, the plane, a yeah. plane, a plane. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay. try as she might. She feels like she has to go rescue Tewksbury because he doesn't know how bad he's in it with this brown bowler hat dude. Yes. Who is trying to he's kill him. He's a rambling man. That's right. <laughs> and so she goes to find him. She has worked out who his parents are and whatnot, you know, based on him telling her. And... <laughs> <laughs> so folks i want to part the kimono here for a second we're we generally record we generally record like at um 11 in the morning or so and we're like oh hot, you know you know settling in with coffee it's seven o'clock almost eight and melissa's on i believe her second glass of wine it's my and, third glass of wine and sh- that is why she is particularly funny <laughs> This episode, we oh. might need to start recording it during the evening. I will keep wine in stock for this purpose, uh, for everyone's enjoyment. Or you can just day drink. I could. I'm down for mimosas when we record. Absolutely. I'll have my water, coffee, and mimosas, my brunch trio that I always need. Yes. Uh Damn, that was funny, Melissa. Thank you. They go and she goes to the the manor where he has was supposed to become a lord. And she is dressed. She dresses herself. This is very clever as a widow. She's like, people usually don't want to talk about death. So you can dress yourself as a widow and go pretty much anywhere without anyone bothering you, which is a good point. So yeah. Yeah. she goes there and she says, hey, what's up? Uh, I want to solve this mystery of your missing nephew slash grandson slash son. And they say, mm, hey, we're not interested in that. And she says, wait a second. I work for Sherlock Holmes. And then in and comes then. Lestrade of Scotland Yard. Played by, I can't remember this guy's name. Um, the little actor. Thank you. Who is also in Murder Mystery. So we have seen him twice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's him. Yes, yes. We've seen him twice. He's clearly got something going on with Netflix. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, He's great. But he is phenomenal. Yeah. In this role. Um, and he's like, wait a minute. I know that's a fib. Sherlock Holmes doesn't work with nobody. And she's like, yes, but I, I, not, not, he does now. <laughs> really good Millie Bobby Brown. Thank <laughs> you. I wasn't sure if I na- nailed the tone. Yeah, you got it. It doesn't at all sound like the swearing rabbit from Craig Ferguson's show. Um, Bye, I'm his new assistant. He works with me now. And then the mom <laughs> is like, both of you, get out. Um, right, yeah. Basically, they're starting to bicker between the two of them. 
And she's like, I don't care. Get out of my manor. Thanks. Bye. And it cuts to the outside. There's actually a really fine, very good moment um, with Millie Bobby Brown. She delivers a joke very well um, where they like are like, get out, and Lestrade leaves, and then there's a beat, and she's like, oh, me too. And they're like, yeah, and then mm-hmm. she goes out. And it, it did make me laugh. That was fun. Um, and then they go outside, and she and Lestrade are quizzing each other on Sherlock Holmes, as was her proposal inside the house to prove that she was the assistant. Right. And so she proves that she knows a lot about Sherlock, and he's like, that's, hmm, that's suspicious. And then he gets on his merry way. She exchanges um, her clothes with the clothes of a gardener. So this is real fun. It kind of becomes a running bit that she's always Mm. asking, you know, young gentlemen for their clothes for five pounds. And it's like, you don't have to wear the dress if you don't want to. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. And so she goes exploring in the woods after getting that information Presumably uh, the woods that their family owns, though. Like, yeah, on it's their, on the manor. Yeah, they're landed gentry or whatever, um, which we'll get to in a minute as well. But they're like, he, he liked to explore the woods over there. She goes in the woods over there. She finds a tree branch, which the Marquis had um, mentioned that had almost fallen on him once, and it's clearly been sawed off. Um, and then she finds a treehouse with a bunch of clues, and she's like, oh, he's he's trying to get everybody else to... He's trying to put, put everyone off his scent by leaving false positives, and she figures out where he actually is going. And then she's interrupted by... Um, the grandmother. The grandmother. Yes. Yeah. Who explains that they're like lords and ladies, and it's meant to... That means taking care of a plot of land and taking care of part of England. She's this kindly old woman. Mm-hmm. And dressed in the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. And I thought she looked nice. She yeah. looked nice, but her but it was very it was very over the top, her getup. I don't know. Maybe it was sure. just the headpiece. The headpiece. It was the headpiece. She did have a very large hat. It was very ornate i mean in a way i found it quite fascinator uh, a fascinator is a type of hat well i don't know no better because i was homeschooled you see and i don't know <laughs> nothing about millinering i don't know nothing about no milliner i'm a miller not a milliner <laughs> i got you tristan i'm gonna so, send you a link in a moment okay so after that uh, she goes and finds uh, the little prince, or whatever his name is, um, <laughs> Schmanazberry. Dukesbury. And he's work, yeah, Dukesbury, and he's working as a flower boy, and eventually he'll become a real lady. In a flower shop. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I should say this. During this whole time, we've been cutting back to Holmes and... Um, what is it? What is it? Mycroft. Mycroft. Thank you. Um, and they're like, man, we should really find our sister, huh? Yeah, we should. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a scene earlier on with um, 
with Enola and Sherlock where she he's like, I remember you had you made a pine cone, a dog out of a pine cone and a bunch of fluff. And that's all I really remember about you. And I'm like, that damn, that's cold. But anyhow, she was very young when they yeah. left home. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, she founds the Marquis and uh, bumps into him and is like, people are looking for you. And he's like, yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, we got to hide. Then she takes him back to her place. And he's like, this is a dump. <laughs> Which is so mean. She's trying to save his life. It's very... Yeah, and she's like, I don't know. I thought it was fine. Reverse Princess Leia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. And then she has a bunch. They have a very intimate scene where it becomes very clear that they're interested in each other as young folks are. Um, and then the plot keeps going. Yeah. They have that moment, and she puts on a kettle. No. Yes. 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 She puts on. So the she kettle. has this kettle on, and he's following her around the house and whatever, trying to be flirty and obnoxious and annoying. And <laughs> I drank water again. Gosh darn it! <laughs> what? <laughs> you haven't learned yet, Tristan. <laughs> and the kettle's going off, and as that happens, like in the background. To their foreground, her and um, the boy, the door starts to slowly close, and you see this figure behind it. And when she goes to grab the kettle, she swings it at the gentleman, who turns out to be Lestrade. It is actually great that moment. Yeah, super, it's a very super cool, very solid turnaround. I wasn't expecting it to be him, but the but the Bullerman. But there is a moment where I. Uh, because Henry Cavill earlier as Sherlock uh, is talking to Edith and which in a great scene, by the way, uh, where he he tells her, I know that you could take that tea kettle and make it into a weapon. So the yeah. fact that then, you know, it does it. It's a very nice Chekhov's kettle, if you will. Yes, and it should be stated that in one of the scenes where they're like, we should find our sister, um, Lestrade and Mycroft were at the barbers, and Mycroft is like, that was clearly my sister, go get her. And that is why Lestrade is here, They mm -hmm. there's a chase, um, Schnozberry jumps out a window, Enola gets captured and sent off to boarding school after having a very deeply uncomfortable scene in a carriage with Mycroft where he yells at her and makes her cry. Very solid acting for both of them. It was very upsetting. Yeah. So, like, I ooh. thought she was just being a windy behind me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she goes to uh, Miss, Miss Pettigrin's School for Gifted Children. <laughs> and Fiona Shaw is fantastic for many minutes of yeah. this movie. It Yes, for the total of 20 minutes of screen time she gets. she There's a sequence where where Enola's trying to learn but not really and is putting a big up, big fuss. And then um, Sherlock visits her. And is like, everything is useful. 
You can now know how people stand. It tells you a lot about them. You, nothing is wasted. I had to take calligraphy. Now I know people's handwriting. You can, just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing, which I think is a nice little lesson. Um, and Absolutely. then a couple of, yes. It's a very nice little Sherlock Holmes being Sherlock Holmes moment. Like mm -hmm. we get a little bit more uh, about the fact that he is actually a good detective in this. Yeah. Which it's nice. The little nods to the fact that Sherlock is, you know, able to, a, to, yeah. to deduce stuff. Yeah. Is it right. is a genius? Yeah. 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 That old thing. Um, and then a couple of days pass, and then he she receives a package from Mycroft, and it's very heavy. And the porter's like, please just let us set it down. And then she's like, fine. And then inside the package is the boy. And the boy's like, I'm Luke Skywalker. I've come to rescue you. <laughs> and she's like, that won't work because the, the headmistress will immediately know something's up if we just say, if you just pull me out, which is what they try anyway. Because there's this, this is a moment that did not work for me. Okay. There's a moment where she's like, I can't come up with an idea. And he's like, I can't come up with an idea. And she turns to the camera and goes, can you? Oh, yeah, no. That didn't, mm -mm. It, Oh, it, I liked it. It was very Dora the Explorer. <laughs> it was very Dora the Explorer. And for some reason, the other breaking the fourth wall stuff worked a lot better for me in this. But it was, well, I don't know. Because it's the difference between a soliloquy and addressing the audience. Because Explain. she is like, when she's like talking into the camera and she's like, this is who I am. This is what's going on. I'm explaining everything about myself. You're getting her internal monologue spoken out loud. This is a moment where she is fully addressing the audience and acknowledging that she is in a movie. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. The fact does that she's not work. addressing that she's in a movie. I think that was it because it did feel like she was. Yeah. 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 Are we not characters off screen? No, we are. Hmm. <laughs> no, I know. I get what you. I get what you. Both <laughs> <laughs> but I still I liked it. I also liked Dora the Explorer. I want us to do that. Back. Okay. But moving on. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, we should. We should do a super family friendly. Yes, we won't even reference other things. Dingleberries. <laughs> exactly. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, don't make me explain what it is. Google it, my friend. Uh, um, All right. But they scoot this this uh, box, this, this um, basket with her in it out. And then the headmistress confronts Schnozberry and he's like, uh, it's for Mike, it's for you, for Mycroft. But it, you said you had to open it alone in private. So you better do that. And so she goes, tells a couple girls to put it in her office for later. Cause she's like, just absolutely parched for Mycroft as previously. She really is like, she, you know, Needs time to figure out how she can get her hands on a record of Barry White when he's not even alive at this point. Mm -hmm. She's going through mm -hmm. things. And yes. And I was here for every millisecond of it. Oh, yeah. It was very good. <laughs> uh, yes. And Enola is a talented artist. 
I didn't even say artiste. Um. <laughs> She's a, 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 a talented artisanal drawer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, Ooh. Yeah. She can draw some. Why does that make me want cheese? Artisanal cheeses are a thing. Yeah. So, uh, yes, she she can do. She does like caricature type drawings. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, she she has drawn one of the two of them, meaning uh, Miss Harrison and Mycroft uh, being amorous. Well, not quite that much, but like kissing <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> she drew some hentai real quick. <laughs> oh, my God. For those of you who are joining us for the first time because we're covering a children's Netflix movie, um, I want to apologize. Um, if you are under the age of of 13 please do not google the word i just said <laughs> to be honest you probably already have not from me saying it but just but from in your fact, own just life, in life. Mm-hmm. yes yeah yeah anyway isn't that like a cartoon chicken yes yeah i see what you've done there and yes yes that's exactly what it is it is it is a cartoon chicken it's garfield and friends yes exactly so they grab uh mrs harris miss harrison's um automobile which was featured prominently at the beginning of the film and they scoot away and then they come to a crossroads of either going to london or going to the estate where um snozberry's at because enola has figured out what's going on and do you think this is where we should take a break yes yep Okay, everybody. It's me. Ooh. Sounds like Tristan. we gotta sit down. Yeah, I'm turning my chair around uh, yep. right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gotta level with you. I am so sorry I said the word hentai on this program. <laughs> I've said it twice. <laughs> and that's not who I am. At least that's not who I am on this program. I, okay. I mm. want to... I want to apologize to my friends, you, the listener, and Hayao Miyazaki. (laughs) All right. But we're on the Scavengers Network. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com and check out the wonderful, wonderful content they have there. Um, Was that Winnie the Pooh? It was it was trying to be Tigger, you know, like the wonderful thing about Tiggers. Ah. Uh, um, yeah. but it just it just came out bad. You can um see all of the wonderful podcasts and um live streams that they have there. Such as um, Spooky Spouses and Anuzi's Minute. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com and uh, See that stuff <laughs> and fluff. Oh, bother. Uh, you can also purchase from me, technically, uh, merch. If you go to teespring.com slash the mill, it's in the show notes. Also, I want to plug, I forgot to plug my other podcast that I do where I'm a, I'm a bit more naughty on that one, aren't I? 
Tyler, you listen. I'm a bit more naughty on focus testing, aren't I? Oh, yes. Yes, you are. I'm despicable. I'm nasty. I'm a nasty man. Um, You would have to call Janet Jackson Miss Jackson because you're nasty. (laughs) And that's where Tucker Daly Johnson and I... uh, friend of the show uh we make up fake movies uh based off of a random prompt every week and that is what that is it's called focus testing you can find it at most places where you get um a podcast excellent i've had it i would like to encourage you to follow us on social media at adc pod on twitter facebook and instagram and Join us for the fun posts there. Sometimes we post things like BuzzFeed quizzes where you can find out what Enola Holmes character you are. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all were the same and I was, you were, what, what is it? Eudora? Eudoria. Eudoria. And I was Sherlock and I'm like, are you, are you both my moms? <laughs> yes, I think yeah. we are. Are you my mother? <laughs> I think combined... Tyler and I are your mother. Yeah, that makes sense. That explains the Melissa, test. wonder mother powers activate. <laughs> <laughs> and then we bust out our rings and then yeah. form of Tristan's mother, obviously. <laughs> Shape of Tristan's, Tristan's mother. mother again. <laughs> <laughs> My mother actually is listening to this episode, and so I'm doubly sorry I said hentai. Because she uh <laughs> She um, she was like, uh, "What do you?" Because I asked her for the Netflix password, and oh, she's like, no. "Are you watching Enola Holmes?" I'll watch it and I'll listen to the episode. I was like, "Okay, sounds good." Oh, jeepers! <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh. so here we're we not are. mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I'm both. Mad and disappointed? Yeah, man. Okay. In yourself? You've seen the world out there today? Oh, wow. Well. Do you know what a Patreon is? <laughs> no, Tyler, I don't. <laughs> it's a website where you can go <laughs> to get... <laughs> I can't look at the screen when I'm talking to you about it. God, is this funny to anyone else but us? <laughs> no. Probably not. <laughs> hey, we are number 30 in Sweden. Of our genre. Have some pride in yourselves, guys. I can tell you this Dang probably it. shout out to my friend Isra. She's in Sweden right now. That I hope I hope it's her influence. <laughs> Much appreciated. Oh. Take two. <clears throat> Do you know what a Patreon is? No, Tyler, I don't. It's a website where you can go and people will give you things like early access to your favorite shows and content from your favorite show. Because your favorite show is... Amateur Detective Club. So go to patreon.com slash adcpod. That's right. And we're back. (laughs) 
Okay, so they're on the way to the um, the Basil Weather house yeah. or whatever. Yes, this Basil Weather, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Bellweather, Bellweather. I want to say. Mm. I think it's Basil Weather, not Basil Weather, but Weather. Okay. Let's call the whole thing off. Yep. So they go there because she's like uh, uh, a bit of advice that Sherlock gave her is like sometimes you have to dangle your feet in to attract the sharks, which, you know, is true. You can do that, but it leads to some unfortunate things that happen. Um, Sometimes I've seen Jaws and I've seen other things. So they go to the estate and it's nighttime and Schnozberry doesn't want to go in. And the reason they go to the estate is Enola has deduced that since Schnozberry is about to, I refuse to learn this man's name, Schnozberry. Tewksbury. In one ear, out the other. Okay. Schnozberry. <laughs> Tewksbury. We've had one, yes. Um, Tewksbury is about to become a lord. And there's this vote coming up. And so he, she's like, ooh, who stands to gain, depending on which way he would vote? And she was like, well, how would you vote for this bill? Because his father died mysteriously a few years back also. And so she deduces that it's his uncle that is trying to kill him because he wants to seize control of the, his vote. Because Basically, he would become the heir. Yeah, Tewksbury is very progressive and thinks that women are important. And yeah, so that is that's where that comes from. Yes. So they go into the home and they're sneaking badly. All of a sudden, a gun goes off and they're like, oh, no. They hide and it's the bowlerman who has a hunting rifle that needs to be reloaded every time for dramatic tension. And I'm, I'm sorry, I need to pause right here. Okay. Why is this man the best detective out of anybody in this film? <laughs> yeah, because he knows exactly where they are going to go. That's true. Always. Like, he's so good. He's so much better than everybody else. You're right. It's, I mean, it's true. Oh, I sorry. can't argue. I just needed to get that. No, he's a genius, which is a dang shame. Because what happens is this. These darn kids. Yeah, these meddling kids. (laughs) Um, He's shooting at them, and then Enola Holmes does like a sweet front roll and like uh, does, tries to tackle him like Wesley does under the giant, and he's like banging around, and then he like throws her to the ground and kicks her in the face. And I was like, wow, that's absolutely brutal to kick a 16-year-old girl in the face. My God. Um, and then he turns and he shoots. Um, Tewsbury falls down. Anola, of course, wakes up. No, sorry. The gun goes flying. Mm-hmm. Bowlerman starts strangling because he has one of those ropes specifically for strangling that Hitman have. 
You didn't buy your strangling rope? Uh, I thought about getting you one for Christmas. No, my strangling rope is a little limp these days, my friend. Oh, God. I got you. Hey, Mom. So, um... Wait, was that an innuendo? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. My my bad. (laughs) No, 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 no. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) We're really pushing it. It's because it's... It's because we... It's because it's it's after dark. It's It's ADC Todd after dark. <laughs> so he's fully strangling um, the young man, and then she correctly does the corkscrew maneuver, bringing him f- toppling over, and he hits his head on something and just dies. He just like straight up just. It's like corkscrewed. Oh, language. That's... You said the H word. How many? <laughs> That's not a swear. It's just nasty. <laughs> But anyway, so he's just down for the count, and it turns out much uh, like the um, the corset before, Cute Sperry has put a piece of armor that they were behi- hiding behind. He's put like full on knight's armor on. Yeah, because they were next to a, a set of armor, and it exploded. Yeah, and so he just quick put it on underneath his shirt, I guess. Yeah, he took the breastplate and just slipped it under his jacket. Like anyone do. would. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he even says, what, you think I'm stupid? And she's like, yeah. Eh, a little bit. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it turns out that he, that, yes, the person who shot him was his grandmother. Yes. Grandmama. Because mm. his grandmother is the one that doesn't think women matter, apparently. And She's trying to preserve England. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the Poirot episode we listened, we watched uh, last week. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I truly botched explaining that ending because he dies and then she goes, sometimes you have to get do some, a job yourself and it's the grandmother. Thank you for covering my butt, Melissa. Always. <laughs> you, you are my mom. Or the best pair of slacks. <laughs> Weird. You hated that, Melissa? <laughs> Very much so. Uh-huh. I'm not going to push it further. Nope. Because it'll it'll because it'll make you mad. And it'll create a very strange energy in this podcast. Okay, great. Not that it so, already hasn't. <laughs> uh so uh she shoots him. He's fine. Uh, cuts to Lestrade's office. But to be clear, it does seem that he is dead for a little bit. Yes. And it's very sad. Okay. But then he's not, and it's great. It's like the end of Tangled. Yes. Now that I've thought about that movie again for the first time in 12 years, yes. (laughs) Oh, dang it. Oh. Oh. Never mind. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. <laughs> We're all a little slap happy here, folks. Um, so, it's Lestrade's office in walks Sherlock Holmes and goes, you have to arrest um, the grandmother because it was her and not the uncle because he was off in the Afghan war because of his medals on his chest. I deduced it. And 
because Lestrade is like, how do you know? And he says, because of that. And he's got another, and he goes, one more question for you, basically, which I loved. It's like two questions. Here's one more question for you. How come your, your sister got here first? And then Sherlock is like, ha ha, I love my sister. And then he and Mycroft meet up. It's like freaking Return of the King, this movie. Um, yeah, it's true. There are like 12 endings. It's, it's, it's absolutely bizarre because after that scene, we get a scene with um, Tewsbury and Enola where he's about to make the vote. And she, he's like, when will I ever see you again? And she's like, mm, I'll be around because we both live in London now and it's fine. Um, and then the scene is with Mycroft and Sherlock and Mycroft. Sherlock has put a, a, a cipher into a newspaper for Enola and she knows immediately he basically he signs it mother and she knows that it wouldn't be signed mother that it would be signed chrysanthemum uh, if it was oh, indeed mom, the mother like mom yes there we go so so he uh she knows and he knows she knows like Sherlock is aware that he is not tricking her but assumes that she would come anyway because of curiosity. And they're both right. But this is another case where she has asked a young gentleman for his clothes for five pounds. And uh, she A newsie. Yeah, she goes dressed as a newsboy. Uh, and yes, so she is indeed there. Yes. And... Um, she places a pine cone dressed, made up to be a, a dog and Sherlock finds it. And like, that's a sign of like, whether or not he's going to take her on as his ward because he does get Mycroft to agree to, to that. And he leaves it there. So he's like, she can be independent. She'll show up when she shows up. Right. Which is what it is. Uh, Yes. And then she goes to her new lodgings, which is much nicer than her initial lodgings. And in there is her mother, Eudoria, who, uh, this is the scene I think that we were talking about where Helena Modem Carter is just fantastic uh, and saying like, listen, I'm so sorry I couldn't take you with me, but I'm doing this for you. Uh, I... I need to be an activist because I need you to be good. Uh, And it's really touching and lovely. And she says, I, you know, you know how to, you know how to contact me if you need me, but I have some work to do. Yeah. And she says, it's very impressive what you did because the vote, the, the bill was passed due to one vote and it was because of Schnozberry. And she's like, you did that. And I'm very proud of you. And it's very sweet. And then she talks to the camera a little bit more, and then it's the credits. Yeah, and uh, basically the uh, end takeaway is Eudoria saying, our future is up to us. Or Mm -hmm. Enola says that. Someone says that. It's very nice. Mm -hmm. So what did, how did we feel about this Netflix movie? I'll go first. Go for it. I had a great time. This is everything. Not everything. It's the same. 
It had everything in this movie that I wanted from Knives Out. Mm. I wanted to be surprised. I wanted to not know what was coming next. And this movie gave it to me. Uh, I mean, I didn't know things until, like, I knew them. Like, nothing was really... For me, watching it, uh, nothing felt telephoned ahead too much. I mean, there were, like, obvious moments, but... um, like, you know, that the gift was going to come into play at some point and things of that nature. But as far as the actual whodunit and why, uh, I was generally surprised until I wasn't surprised. Like the stuff with the grandmother from The Walk. I was like, all right, this is all her. So I really, I really dug it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, this is, you know, something I would watch again, especially with family. It's like there's nothing, you know... Nothing vulgar or inappropriate in the movie, really. So I can definitely see this like as like family just sitting down for like a nice Friday night or whatever, and just kind of hanging out. Out of ten. Oh, sorry. Yes, uh, I don't remember what I gave Knives Out, but give it a point more. <laughs> okay, we'll go back in the archives and so find I that. So that makes it a, a seven for time. Okay. Cool. Okay. I'll give it. I'll give it a seven point five. Okay. I I don't feel the exact opposite of you, Tyler. I was not surprised at any point. Um, I think having an A and a B plot with this, I understand why they did it, because it's a film. Um, and there are two mysteries going on, and so you really need to be engaged. I think it muddled it for me, because the resolution with her mom for me, wasn't fulfilling because there wasn't enough of an emphasis on it. Hmm. Because you get into Act 2, and it's mostly about the boy and what's going on with the boy. And it it really, that takes up a huge chunk of it, whereas I would have preferred them to focus more on the relationship with their mom. And I was expecting more of that and more to explore more of the relationship between her and her brothers. I'm actually very happy that they didn't focus very much on Sherlock or Mycroft. That that was very nice. That was a pleasant surprise. I was expecting them to be in most of the movie. Um, but I think that gets a little... It, it just got a little muddled that way. I don't know. It just kind of lost me there. It's very fun. I loved the cinematography. I generally don't enjoy when people address the camera in things. But I did enjoy this very much. I thought that was a very fun way of getting a lot of exposition out. Um, I think all the acting was good. I loved the animations. Um, There's a bunch of flashback sequences with her and her mom, and I really enjoyed that. Um, But yeah, I'd probably... probably won't watch this again unless, as Tyler said, it's like with family, like younger members of my family. I'll recommend it to people who have young young people um, in their lives. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I'd give it like a 7.5 or an 8. Like, it's a really good movie. It just like, the mystery element of it was, it was more of an action film to me. 
It also was weird because it felt like it should have come out in 2005 or something like that. Does huh. that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it was very Nanny McPhee. It was like if Nanny McPhee and then Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes got fused together, which isn't bad. It just feel doesn't feel like a movie that should have come out in 2020. It's very interesting. It's enjoyable, though. It's not bad at all. It's a great family film, is what I'll say. Yeah, I actually did feel very much as though it was... Uh, geared a bit younger um and i'm a, the kind of person who when tristan starts making the point of well it's for kids i'll be like so <laughs> um, well, i enjoy children's media no 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 i i know you do but there's a certain point where it's like i i think that this might skew like there's more for uh, like yes a younger person can enjoy this but uh, there's also a lot for an older audience. Um, however, what I, in other films, however, what I will say about this is that there, it did feel, it feel like, uh, it generally skewed a bit younger. Like the, the max, uh, what you could get from it felt a little bit younger, if that makes sense. But, uh, all that said, it was actually quite delightful. Uh, the performances are great. Um, I, didn't have trouble following it at all. It was pretty straightforward to me, but I also did not see the grandmother coming. So I felt the twist at the end, but it was not to a point where I was lost in, you know, muddled and difficult clues at any point. Uh, so it was really, it's an easy watch uh, and it's beautiful to look at um, in so many ways. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm about at a 7.5 or an 8 as well. Um, I would recommend, uh, yes, and especially if you have a younger, especially a uh, younger female identifying person, because mm -hmm. this is uh, quite the girl power film, <laughs> I might say. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's a great family film. I, and what I'll say is this. I talk about this a lot in terms of the the current state of cinema. Hmm. There are very few family films out there right now. There are a lot of films for very young children, such as Trolls and Trolls World Tour, featuring previous guest Travis McElroy. Yes. And then there are Marvel movies. And there ain't much for... Anything in between. Does that make sense? Okay. And so it's so nice, even though it's based off of a, a property of, you know, Sherlock Holmes. It is so nice to see a seemingly mid-budget family film specifically be very popular. It's doing very well. Yeah, it's in the Netflix top 10 right now. Yeah, which I... That makes me very happy on a like yeah. a, on an industry a metatextual level, makes me very happy. Overall, good movie I would say, definitely worth watching. Absolutely delightful. And shout out to Brad Trechek for I don't know if I'm saying your name right. By the way, I don't know if I've ever said it out loud, even <laughs> though your wife and I are very close. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> thanks Brad for uh, recommending that we watch this. Basically, yeah. <laughs> It was, it's very cute, very fun. Thank you so much, Brad. Yeah. Do we have anything else before we go? 
Any other? Yes. Next time on the Amateur Detective Club. Ooh. We'll be covering Agatha Christie's Poirot, Series 5, Episode 7, Dead Man's Mirror. When Poirot investigates the mysterious death of a despised art dealer, he finds that he has more than enough suspects from which to choose. Oh, no. Trey. Intriguing. (laughs) I believe I got the French quite quite well on that. Beautiful. (laughs) And with that... I call, oh, sorry. <clears throat> I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club Batuta Quos. Gavel sound. Yep. <laughs> oh, wait, Tristan? Oh, what? Did you say butt soup? Oh, I, butt, butt soup. soup. <laughs> I didn't say butt soup. I, I'll add it in later. <laughs> okay.